Welcome to the Coach's Plan podcast, Plan to Coach with Coach New Brunswick. I'm Ashley Lanning, your host, um, and today we have two very special guests in the studio today, um, Andrew Holloway, who is uh, our resident squatter in the Coach New Brunswick offices, um, a, uh, the employee of CPAC, the Healthy Eating Physical Activity Coalition of New Brunswick, um, and Jill Salmon, a uh, registered dietitian with uh, GMD. Public Health. Public Health, sorry. So Jill and Andrew host their own podcast, which I have referred to many times uh, when they ever, whenever they let me borrow their uh, microphones, which I'm very appreciative of. Um, does this look familiar? Yeah, this, uh, it's this nice, mm-hmm. uh, it's, what is it, the blue, is it the Yeti? Yeti? Yeah. I think it's the Yeti. Um, anyway, thank you for letting me borrow it, and thank you for coming onto the podcast today. It's so nice to be a guest. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. I don't totally know what to expect, but I'm open to just the experience. Yes. I mean, as you've already like seen, like I sent you the questions about two hours ago. Yep. Um, and uh, switched the location of the recording space on you at the last minute too. So. I like I like surprises. Yeah. Like, Mainly because my parents are still at my house. Are they? So, yeah. That's nice. And no one needs to see that. So. Yeah. Normally they record their podcast in Andrew's kitchen, um, and but we figured we would stay in the coach and be office. Today. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Jill and Andrew are here, mostly Jill is here today to talk to, uh, our coaches about, uh, what you should be doing as a coach to teach your athletes about how to fuel their bodies for training and competition. Kind of a, a, a touchy subject, I think for some people, mm-hmm. um, especially for people, uh, I should say professionals in the field. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're kind of going to head with uh, today's conversation. Do you mean professionals as in coaches or as in athletes? Uh, no, I mean dietitians. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> if you want to put Not that hat on. Not for me because I... Uh, Rolling up a sock time. Tell you what I think, but <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, so Jill, before we get going, can you explain I'm, a little bit about what you do at work and, and your background and that kind of stuff? Sure. So I'm a registered dietitian with public health. I've been there for, I think, four going on four years. I don't know. Time passes. Um, I have been a dietitian for 13 years. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. So right? <laughs> I'm so old. Um, and I went to UPEI, so I have a bachelor's, bachelor's degree in uh, foods and nutrition. Um, I also teach at UMB um, in the kinesiology, kinesiology department, <laughs> kinesiology department, uh, nutrition for healthy living. Um, so with public health, one of my roles is working with healthy environments, and one of those includes rec settings. So this aligns very nicely with that because we want to make sure we're getting the right messaging and information out to coaches and athletes and parents and people who are the fans and the people who sell the food at venues and all that stuff. So I'm the co-chair in the provincial working group for that. Cool. So I guess that's how that's relevant. And that's a nice transition into the messaging. So mm-hmm. what is, here's my first question. I yeah, I see that. Sl- yeah, slightly remember this from Kin, but what is the biggest difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? So as a dietitian, I have a, ma- uh, I don't have a master's degree. <laughs> that's a cute thing for me to say. <laughs> I don't, but I could. Um, I have a degree, um, science degree, and to be a dietitian, you need to complete a approximately 40-week internship, either... A 40-week? 40. Like a year-long internship. Yeah, it's a year-long. It's like the gestation period of a baby. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. gestate your <laughs> internship. Um, and... 
that either happens in an integrated way, so between like in the summers between third and fourth year and then after fourth year, mm-hmm. or you can do like a year-long go, mm-hmm. um, which you have to apply to get into and you need to have – there's criteria you need to meet. Mm-hmm. There's academic standards and all that stuff. So um, – Where did you do your internship? I did an integrated internship. Mm-hmm. So I did, after third year, um, placements in Charlottetown because I was going to UPEI. Um, with, with the school for research and then with public health and, um, at a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And then after fourth year, I did placements with the Heart and Stroke Foundation in St. John. And then I moved to Toronto and I did placements at a couple of long-term care facilities and then a neuro rehab center, Mm -hmm. which was super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I came home. So... That was my internship. Um, at the end of all of that, you need to write a national exam, which is long and scary, uh, to be officially a registered dietitian. And the registration part of that comes with your provincial um, regulatory body, so the New Brunswick Association of Dietitians, um, which basically exists to protect the public from people saying they're dietitians, but they're not dietitians. Mm -hmm. So I have to register with them. I have to do continuing education every year um, to make sure that I'm meeting, like, standards Mm -hmm. and competencies. Um, Sometimes we get audited and we have to show them all the proof that we've done that. Um, So I have to do that every year. And I have kind of a scope of practice, so there's kind of terms within what I can say and do and there's definitely stuff that I can't and if I'm outside of that scope of practice then I could be reported to my regulatory body. So what are some of the things that you can do and can't do? So could do would be like recommend um, a special diet or like uh, a certain like I don't know vitamin supplement it's more like the I guess the tighter parameters around clinical stuff Mm -hmm. so like I could recommend that somebody do something but I couldn't or like that a doctor changed somebody's insulin mm-hmm. but I couldn't myself right sign up I maybe some people can I don't know but or like um yeah I couldn't prescribe a medication for somebody right. or tell them like you should stop taking your heart medication or something mm-hmm. I would not because yeah. that's outside of my world yeah um but I could say like Consider eating more, uh, I don't know, fiber or something. Um, and please make sure you're continuing to see your other healthcare professionals mm-hmm. just because some stuff can affect medication. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, and then a nutritionist is not a protected title in the province. Mm-hmm. So, in the province of New Brunswick, anyway, in some places it is kind of getting there. Um, but that means anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. Like you guys both are. Congratulations. So are all of my cats. So, um, I would not take for 10 years. So I know I wouldn't take any medical or like nutrition advice from any of my cats because they don't have any official training. Uh, they might absorb some from me, but they really, it's just keto. They just only eat keto. Um, and so, yeah, anybody calling themselves a nutritionist doesn't necessarily have that, like, scientific background, mm-hmm. education, um, like evidence-based practice, all that stuff. So uh, sometimes, like, dietitians are, like, self-identify as, like, registered dietitian nutritionist, which mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But if anybody's just calling themselves a nutritionist, they're not necessarily mm -hmm. science evidence-based. Right. Um, and so how, how does one get access to a dietitian then? Like, it is it a big, complicated process the same way you described, like, big, complicated process for you to become a dietitian? Oh, no, no. Like, you can self-refer to dietitians. Oh. Yeah. Um, in New Brunswick, if you want to find a dietitian, we are, because we are all registered, um, we're all on the New Brunswick Association of Dietitians website. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all listed mm -hmm. as, like, where we are in terms of, like, good standing or if we're, uh, like, on parole. Not, that's not a thing. <laughs> Do you get like a letter grade the same way that uh, Canada gets the like the physical activity report? Card? Oh no, Wait, no, we're just like active like or retired or like honorary. So okay. we've got some okay. dietitians who were like around since like the OG crew who were yeah. around since the beginning. Yeah, their member number is like one. Um, <laughs> so they're at this point not working. So they're like honorary. Right. Uh, so and like student members and that kind of thing. So you can check that. Um, but. Really, like, dietitians are kind of – we're, we're in a lot of places, um, maybe not uh, places that you'd think. So mm -hmm. there are dietitians in grocery stores. There's dietitians in community health centers. You can self-refer to both of them. Um, a lot of insurance plans will cover dietitian services. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes their services are actually covered by, like, your Medicare. Mm -hmm. So if you go see a dietitian at a community health center, it's uh, free. Like, you don't have to pay. That's really cool. I know. It's dope. Um, I feel like nobody knows that. I know. And, yeah, so you can go to see one for free. Uh, the dietitians at, like, private practice or, like, grocery store dietitians um, – if you want to do, like, one-on-one -on -one consultation, they would charge. But, again, a lot of it is covered by your Medicare mm -hmm. or whatever. Or not your Medicare necessarily. Like, your health care, mm -hmm. insurance, Blue Cross, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. So, we can self-refer. That's cool. Like, as as a coach, I always get lots of questions from, uh, well, some from athletes, but a lot from parents just saying, mm -hmm. like, what should I be like? How should I be preparing my kids for this competition or for training? Like, what should they be eating on a regular basis? And mm. that actually makes me feel so much more comfortable knowing that I can very easily point someone in the right direction and say, like, this is who you should go talk to. Yeah. And potentially for free. Yeah. Um, they know way more about it than I do. Uh, all I can say is, like, the, I feel like the only advice I feel comfortable saying is, like, everything in moderation. Yeah. Which is kind of just, like, good life advice, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, that's just but for everyone. I think that's just for that's everyone. That's true. New Canada's food guy. It really talks yeah. about, like, fueling your your, your body. Yeah. yeah. Why do you do air quotes around <laughs> body? Because <laughs> everyone's body is different. Your form. <laughs> fueling your form. form. Yeah. Um, yeah. Concentric blob. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like as, like, a... Uh, as, like, a kin graduate, like, I feel like I have dipped my toes into this world, but, like, even having done, like, a small, like, a small section of it, like, I feel don't feel comfortable, like, talking to my athletes, recommending them, like, diets, supplements, all yeah, the rest of it. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you don't terrifying. feel, yeah, like, definitely, yeah. Uh, we're not all experts at everything. Mm -hmm. If an athlete came to me and they were like, what's the best way that I can jump over these things, I'd be like, geez, I don't know, up and over? Like, talk to somebody who knows. Talk to an expert. And, yeah, yeah so I think it's super important to know know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Uh, and by fold them, I mean refer to a professional. <laughs> I was like one of my old coaches adage, which is when in doubt, just water. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is, like, a 
powder. Just in general? Uh, well, no, no, but like for when you're out being active or whatever, oh. whatever sports or whatever, it's like you don't need the $98 powder that right. into your... You don't. Like, none of us are Ian Phelps. None of us are... Who's Ian, Ian Phelps? Who's Ian Phelps? I don't know. He's my new imaginary swimmer <laughs> slash surfer. Is he Michael Phelps? Are you Michael? Just, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you thinking, of, you thinking of Ian Thorpe and Michael Phelps? There we go. I was picturing Ian Smith and Michael Phelps. Oh, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be great? A beard and talking to squirrels? <laughs> no, really. Ian Smith is one of our co-workers. His swimsuit's uh, just... Yeah, no, but, like, you don't. Like, none of us are doing it. Like, uh, that's all. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a good transition in. What is like your best general advice for athletes who are just trying to figure out how to like eat healthy for like general training? Um, eat regularly. (laughs) Um, well, so I'm thinking specifically of like kind of middle school to high school Mm -hmm. athletes and even like kids too, like Mm -hmm. younger, um, because a lot of times because kids are like not really listening to their body because mm-hmm. they're listening to everybody who's around them and they're mm-hmm. like meh I don't have time to eat I'm playing Pokemon or whatever is cool <laughs> um is they're so not cool. eating and so they're not they're not fueled to basically bring everything that they can to the court or the field or whatever so just making sure that you're not um shorting yourself on opportunities to fuel your body so every every bite counts um make sure those bites are worth it um making sure you're getting lots of fruits and veggies lots of like calories because athletes who are like training hard you need them you need them to fuel yourself you but need to recover. is there like a difference in the type of calories that you're putting out oh. Air quotes around type of calories. Type of calories. I mean, eat like the majority of your stuff should be like good nutritious food. Like yeah. thinking of the food guide, half your plate, fruits and veggies, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Quarter protein foods, however you want to get it. Um, and then whole grains and drinking water because yep. you don't need Gatorade unless you're running a marathon, basically, or mm-hmm. like you're outside sweating hot for hours. Um, most of us get enough and more salt in our diet that we don't need anything special like that. Um, but yeah, just making sure like snacks are key, making sure you're prepared. Like you're not, you've remembered to bring your, I'm just now thinking of like a teenager, like you remember to bring your cleats, you remember to bring your deodorant, you remember to bring whatever, um, protective equipment, you were waiting for me to say jockstrap, weren't you? <laughs> no, I was having it like I never once when I was like playing, even playing football was like, I got my pads, deodorant. Like that was never on my <laughs> list of things to bring. Andrew, that's a whole other issue, but we're not getting into that today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Um, I'm but, learning. <laughs> but like you brought everything else. Why didn't you bring your A game nutritionally? Like why didn't yeah. you bring a snack that you can have while you're waiting? Why didn't you bring a water bottle? Like mm-hmm. you need to make sure you're prepared across the board. So, and I think one thing that's coming up more and more is the uh, sort of uh, not to throw any one thing under the bus, but the Timbit soccer scenario, mm-hmm. which is mm. you have to be I'm I was not wondering th- if I should steer us down this lane cuz I know this is going to be a whole 20 minute tangent. <laughs> but no, you like I'm not saying every kid or every adult who's in like what I term like old man swim team stuff mm-hmm. needs to sit there and religiously with an Excel spreadsheet track calories in, calories out. Oh my god, no. But you have to be 
cognitively aware that like yeah. if you are a small or you're the parent of a small kid who's playing Timbit soccer, they're probably not burning the amount of calories that are equal to after the game eating five or six Timbits, which is sort of culturally what is being pushed. Mm-hmm. Is it because of their shirts say Timbit? Exactly. And they get free Timbits after they play. Do they? Yeah. So and that and that I think is the next like so we've talked about like no no but as, as a society we talk about pomp and its yeah. impact and sugar and those kind of things and I think that's the same way how as again a mid thirty year old I remember my favorite sports being plastered with cigarette ads yeah, exactly. Formula One being the greatest example mm. you're probably going to see over the next year this become the next sort of cigarette cig- well, I don't know how it's going to shape out but it will be a public interest around nutrition, food, and sport, mm-hmm. and advertising to children all being interlaced mm-hmm. as one entity. Mm-hmm. And Timbit Hockey and Soccer is that sort of shining example in Canada. Mm-hmm. Because every kid at a small age is part of it. And they're, like, I see it my niece. Like, she's like, after the game, I want my Timbits. Right? Yeah. And she didn't burn enough to eat five or six Timbits. Yeah. Right? Like, so while there are mental benefits to playing and being part of a group, like, in terms of a pure calories in, calories out physical what you are doing to your body mm-hmm. there's that conversation is coming down the pipeline yeah. and andrew and when ian phelps was in was in beijing but for every ian phelps <laughs> he, was, he was eating mcdonald's every day. single day he was but uh, i'm not ian phelps and i don't think anyone <laughs> listening here is ian phelps we didn't spend the time with him in the bathroom afterwards michael phelps maybe yeah <laughs> yeah no but and i think that's part of that nutrition conversation is you have to be like like, I'm type 1, so, like, I may sit there and after biking 100 kilometers be like, I am starving all the time. And while my body's like, you should go eat four plates of french fries, you, you, I'm not going to do it, even yeah. though I could sit there and gorge my face in. I mean, we can do a lot of things, but we have to be reasonable and logical. And that's what I think it, it's the greater conversation around food and sport is, yeah. is that sort of, like, just because you're out running around for four hours, you still don't need to eat 15 slices of pizza afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. So here's here's a really good question then. What do you think is like the defining line between kids who play sports and are like being active in their life and athletes in training needing to fuel? It's like a job. where where is that distinction? It's a job. I view it as a job. So the same way when you are 16, 17, 18, 19 and you're working your first job, you you have other aspects of your life. If you are an athlete like Ian or Michael Phelps, right? <laughs> that was their entire life outside Mm -hmm. of a very narrow skew of education especially at the collegiate level and that was in the states i look at like my sister's friend who ran varsity track in the states for the tar heels shauna described it as 17 hours of her day was track and field if you're doing that have at it because you have a support structure you have a team you have coach you have everything you'll ever need to even so when you're eating shauna was eating like four pizzas a day to stay on top of it if you're a 16-year-old who plays soccer and then goes to work and then goes to school and hangs out with friends, it's a sport, but it's not your entire life, so you shouldn't be fueling it like you do at 17 hours a day. I think that's a fair distinction. I yeah. think it's just like take like when you decide that you're taking it to that next level and becoming you'll know more when of a you're performance ta- athlete. Yeah, yeah, you'll know when you're taking it to the next level. Like yeah. if you're being recruited by a university to come play, like if, if you're, you're doing this for more than an hour a week. Yeah, or it, an hour a day, right? Like, I ride my bike an hour and a half, two hours a day. I wouldn't even come close to considering myself a, a professional cyclist. So here, so maybe here's another question. is like, yeah. what if you're just a person who really likes to work out, but you are doing it quite intensely, but you're not being recruited and you're not being scouted? Should you still be taking I'm your I'm still going to say they're probably doing it less than two hours a day, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I well, think... No, well, for I mean, sake, let's say they're doing it two hours a day. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like... 
if you're training yeah, let's talk for to both of the dietitians no, 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 but like we're the general public <laughs> but like if you're training for a triathlon like or like a like a long distance triathlon like a half ironman or something you are training for two hours a day and you mm-hmm. are training for up to five or six on the weekend because your event is enormous um but i think if you are that kind of athlete professional or otherwise you're thinking maybe about all of the things that are going into it um because it's not just about your activity it's about the recovery and it's about like Mm -hmm. stretching and rolling and like but in triathlon I always said that eating was the fourth event like Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you always need to be eating because it it sucks every morsel out of you deep fried Um, mars bars well, sometimes. That's what I famously like guys I used to run do Ironmans with. They eat like three or four deep fried Mars bars like an hour before the race. So the moral of the story is, is if you're going to run an Ironman, that's when you that's when you earn that. Yeah. Yes. That's but it was just because they burn that. like they would. You're burning so much energy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think if you are, I'm going to say an armchair athlete, like, um, you go to the gym a couple times a week, you uh, play ultimate frisbee, whatever. I don't think you need to be super hyper focused on any sort of like specific nutrition. But if you are taking it, as Andrew said, to the next level, Mm -hmm. um, that's maybe an opportunity for you to take it to the next level nutritionally as well, Mm -hmm. because you'd be looking at more specific skills to elevate your performance and that's maybe a time to be looking at your diet more specifically and that's where dietitian comes in to potentially help you with that nutritionalist no that's not even a word i know a nutritional a nutritionalist um i'll ask andrew this question since jill you said you uh didn't really play a lot of organized sports as a kid my sports Um, were largely disorganized (laughs) hey mathlete The hypotenuse. Um, Andrew, do you ever remember your coaches giving you specific advice on on uh, like food to be eating before competitions, um, ways you should be feeling your body? No, but I think I, I'm I'm slightly that time apart. I feel like it's like the age trickling over, where it's like if you have a good race, your coach will buy you a frozen mini sip, and that will be delicious. It's a frozen mini sip. Do you know what mini sips are? No. Do you not know what mini sips are? Oh my Ashley. god, Ashley, <laughs> this is maybe my Westerner coming out. It's is a bag of sugar water that's it's a about bag this of juice. Big, and you'd freeze them and you'd lick them. It's a bag of juice. It's a bag of sugar water. <laughs> Grape and orange were the best. Yeah. The rare watermelon. It's a juice flavored product. It's yeah, mini sips. Just know. put those in the show notes. I've never, yeah, I've never seen that. Imagine Do just you think big... we have show notes. We're not that organized here. <laughs> just uh, imagine like a freezy, but in a bag. But form. in a bag. Yeah. In like a Ziploc bag. Well, no, it was like 250 milliliters of sugar in your like water bottle. Snack bun. size. Yeah. You can, you, can re, you can recreate this. Okay, so then here, I'll, I'll, change, I'll change the conversation a bit. Um, Many sips. Uh, you've seen movies. Yes. <laughs> I'm aware of them. You've seen sports movies. Um, how, did we, how did we get from a point where um, coaches used to be, like, recommending, like, salt tablets and actively withholding water from their athletes? Like, I look at touching back to, um, like, hydrating your body as well as getting the right food into it. Like, how, just how important is water? Uh, it's important. <laughs> We're mostly it. Um, I think, okay, so I read this sentence and I was like... Did the sentence make sense at all? The sentence made me want to, like, clutch my pearls. Because I was like, 
actively withheld water? Why? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Coaches, like, in, like, 70s, 80s, even before that, like, okay. would have said, like, no, like, you don't need water. It's slowing you down. It's bloating you. It, like, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's sloshing around. Yeah. Um, I think science has come along. <laughs> um, salt tablets have a role, but it is not in, uh, I think, a soccer field, really. Mm-hmm. Um, comes back to that Iron Man scenario. Yeah, where you're I'm for like 14 triathletes hours. might need one, but maybe not. I've never had one. I don't because I like salty food, and mm-hmm. we'll just eat that. Um, <laughs> but I think water for most situations is the only thing that you're going to need to hydrate with when you're doing something like mm-hmm. like organized or disorganized sports. Like um, I don't envision a world in any situation where like a five-year-old timbit player needs a gatorade <laughs> that's just not a thing that like realistically is needed i know that they probably want it because yeah. it tastes great and their favorite athletes are drinking it but that's called marketing um and they definitely don't need it. Um, they're not losing enough electrolytes for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I d- they just just water is fine. Um, that being said, there is such thing as too much water. You can overhydrate, and mm-hmm. then you can get an electrolyte imbalance because you're only hydrating with water, and then your salts get out of whack, and then you die, like that person in the Boston Marathon, and like. <laughs> A long time ago. Um, so Gatorade and like, I shouldn't, this podcast brought to you by Gatorade. Um, <laughs> sport drinks, electrolyte based sport drinks do have a place. Um, but it's really with like super hot, super long endurance situations mm-hmm. where you should be fueling with more than water and electrolytes you should be having like some sugar and you should you need some carbs along the way Mm -hmm. maybe you need some protein and fat i don't know how long you're out there but that's a whole other thing that's like rather specific endurance sports um so if you are on the field for an hour just a bottle of water is fine Mm -hmm. if that like you don't don't chug it don't guzzle it drink if you're Mm -hmm. thirsty Squirt it on your face. Prehydrate is the bigger. Here's my question because I was always told that if you are thirsty, you are already dehydrated and it's too late for you. You're cut. (laughs) You're cut. You're cut, Milani. Get off the field. (laughs) No, drink to your thirst. Like, if you're thirsty, drink. Uh, There's no real reason to, like, drink and drink and drink Mm -hmm. unless you want to take a lot of bathroom breaks <laughs> or just be really uncomfortable or like pee yourself on the field if that's the strategy that you're using to win your rugby game also part of triathlon being on also, yourself also part of triathlon it's not a glamorous sport um wait that's the thing yeah if you're on the bike you're not stopping oh, god. If you're running you're not stopping you just go you just go oh my god one of my seats does not smell good from triathlon days i didn't get that okay hang on so you you i'm gonna Shift conversation. That's okay. Hard on this one. No. So you mentioned pre pre hydrating. Yeah, yeah. Just making um, sure you're like you hydrated. can't. Just making sure you are hydrated. Yeah. Not don't like wake up in the morning before your game and like slammy glasses of water because you're like, well, I gotta gotta meet this afternoon. Chug 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 chug. Like make sure you're not dehydrated, mm-hmm. but also make sure you're not like 
Yeah, like hungry. Forethought is the big yeah, thing. Yeah, like, planning. I'm going for a hundred kilometer bike ride. I'm not going to try and get hydrated an hour before I leave. I'm going to just sip water sip all slowly. Up. Yeah, and get so, it in me. So here's another question that's kind of related. What do you think about carb loading? Okay, so again, it has a role. Yeah. Um, it needs to be done properly. Um, I, I for one, enjoy it because it gives me free permission to eat all the noodles that I want. Um, I don't think it, I don't think you need to carb load for a 5k. I think if you're doing like a marathon Mm -hmm. or maybe a half marathon, it's a, it's something you can do. Mm -hmm. I would say don't do it the first time right before your marathon. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to see how, like the the purpose of carb loading is so you don't bonk, like mm-hmm. because your muscles oh, function sucks. on glycogen, which they store within themselves, and you have a finite amount of storage. So same deal with your liver. Like your liver holds a certain amount of glycogen, but when it's gone, it's gone. Um, and then your muscles can start making fuel um, from amino acids and protein, but they're not as efficient with that. So once you run out of that glycogen store, you're like it, there is a noticeable difference. Mm-hmm. You hate everything, um, and it feels like your whole body is kind of like you have been crushed by a literal wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this because I kind of bonked a little bit on Saturday. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" Um, so there is a there is a role in carb loading. It involves like some act, like rest as well mm-hmm. because you don't want to be using up that stored glycogen while you're walking around the city on a walking tour the day before your marathon. Right. Um, so, and it has to happen a couple of days in advance as well. Like you want to build up some stores, but I mean, you gotta, that's something that if you're going to do it, don't do it on race day for the first time, do it when you're doing one of your long runs first. And maybe it just involves like being conscientious of the meal choices you're making the day or two before your uh, event, which is a, a good thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure that you are getting some good carbs mm-hmm. with your meals. Like mm-hmm. if you usually have a smoothie from your breakfast, maybe do oatmeal instead. Mm-hmm. But again, don't, uh, don't I was always for race day. I was going to say, I was always told that if you're going to try something new in your diet, like do it during training. It's yeah. Not... Nothing new on race day. Yeah. Oh God. No, no. I have run into situations. <laughs> we always used to taper food when we were doing taper half iron. food. Yeah. Why? Why? So what we do is, is we were tapering down towards a half Ironman. So like... Yeah, you week, taper your training. Yeah, like everyone knows tapering down. So like as our workouts reduced the week, essentially the week before. Yeah. Also, so say our race was on a Saturday. The Saturday before we'd start like, okay, we're going to eat like pasta and like start mm-hmm. building. Those, but by say Wednesday into Thursday, it would be like, we're eating salads now. And like, what? yeah, because especially triathletes, you do not want to walk in like, blow. oh yeah, like this was a real, like there'd be, so we would actually taper down our food. So like the day before we'd be like. Jill's giving you some very I know. high eyebrows. <laughs> it would work. They're all the way in the ceiling. Yeah. And that was literally like a thing. Like you go talk to weird triathletes. Like it's, it's a I new, am a weird triathlete. Yeah, and that is not a thing I would ever do Yeah, we were recommend. doing it religiously, like before half Ironmans would be tapered. That's interesting. Had you guys ever consulted a sport dietitian when you were I'm sure were one of us this? did at some point in time. <laughs> And no. this is before, like, the internet where you got, like, weird, oh, no, this was, like, weird recommendations. Ten years, this was, like, eight years ago. 
Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Like, obviously, when you're if you are tapering for an event, um, you don't need to be eating quite as much as if you're if your miles are like uh, fifty or sixty a week or something. Mm-hmm. Like high mileage, you're going to eat more. Um, when you're tapering, you're going to eat less. Um, because you're not going to be as hungry. Like mm-hmm. my high mileage weeks, I am like, I don't go to bed full because I can't get enough food into me. I'm yeah. so hungry. It's not that I'm yeah. tired and not hungry. It's that I'm, the tired has now taken over the yeah. ability to eat. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't believe that happens. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, you got to do a marathon, buddy. Actually, no, I just meant the tired overcomes eating. Like I can just sleep and. <laughs> yeah, if I could do that, I would. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to reduce the amount that you're. But your body's going to kind of tell you that as well. And I mean, people who are tapering for a big event anyway are going to be like, the mental load of tapering for an event is so high that you mm-hmm. probably just need to eat whatever you want anyway because your brain needs extra glucose because you're like, oh my gosh, I think I have a cold. Like I was opening <laughs> doors with Kleenex before my was it my last marathon. Yeah, I was like opening all of the doors. I was like, if you have a cold, you don't come near me. And I got sick and I was like, yeah. I'm running this marathon. I was Sudafed. <laughs> and I did and I did it, but I was like... <laughs> Anyway, it wasn't great, but I did it, and I probably shouldn't have, but it was, anyway. Um, So, we talked about preparing for uh, hard training or competition. What Mm -hmm. should you be doing right after? Okay, so right after, like... Club sandwich and french fries. (laughs) That's my traditional (laughs) win. (laughs) If you can tolerate that, yeah. After Um, every big race, it was always french fries. What's the best way to recover, basically? Um, Like, nutritionally? Yeah. Um... Can you give me the per- like? Is this like a? This is like a hard. This is like a hard training session. Hard training. Okay, so like two, two hours plus. Okay, so you're gonna need some food. Yeah, and you're gonna need some water. Mm-hmm. Drink, do those things. Eat, <laughs> eat and drink. Um, I would look for easily digest- digestible carbs, especially if you have another hard training session coming up, mm-hmm. uh, like the next day or something. Make sure what you're eating can get absorbed and that you're not going to throw your game off for the next day, like if you're at a competition or whatever. Um, make sure you've got some protein to help with recovery, because mm-hmm. if you've put in two hours of hard work, you probably broke down some muscle and depending on how, um, I guess, nutritionally prepared you were, um, you might have, your body might have started using some of that muscle as fuel. Mm -hmm. So that's something that our bodies do because our bodies want to survive. So they will start breaking down your muscle if you're not adequately fueled. Um, So replenish that. So um, a snack that's got some protein and some carbs in it is a great option and some liquid Mm-hmm. Um, you can have some fat to keep you feeling full because otherwise you will be like, I just can't get enough food in mm-hmm. and my mouth hurts from chewing. So <laughs> yeah, something that's kind of nutritionally dense and has some good vitamins, minerals. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What, are, what are your thoughts on chocolate milk? Uh, okay. So <laughs> from a nutritional standpoint for after an event, I think it's actually pretty good um, because it's got those good carbs it's got some protein it tastes good it's salty it's or it's got some sodium in it so if you've been sweating it replenishes some of those electrolytes um i think you could do the same with a glass of chocolate soy milk um if you are not a dairy person um 
I do not appreciate the marketing of it as a recovery tool, but <laughs> I do think it like nutritionally it does make some sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could also have a peanut butter sandwich and mm-hmm. same thing. Banana. Peanut, a banana with some protein. Yeah. Wrap that banana in a piece of ham. <laughs> That's delicious. Whatever works. <laughs> ham and banana. Pineapple, pineapple pizza. Yeah. Pine- pineapple pizza would be a good idea. Yeah, I know. Pizza's always a... Oh, gosh. I remember doing like a 10K once and it was very hot and there was pizza at the finish line and Whoa. I was like, no one wants this. But everyone wanted it except for me. My go-to is still oatmeal. After the race? No, like any big transition. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like the first thing I put in... Put inside me, um, oatmeal, two to three egg whites, and a banana, mm. and water. Honestly, Sometimes some almond milk. If I'm I usually classy. eat uh, plain Lay's <laughs> because I want salt. Like I'm a yeah. salty sweater. Yeah. Um. So that's I know, I know. Andrew's laughing because he's picturing a sweater made of salt. I think, but I am a super salty sweater, so that's what I want after. So I usually have like just water and some chips, and then like lunch, like a bag. You're a level four vegan, so can't nothing cast that casts a shadow. shadow. Plain lays don't. <laughs> so there's something that we didn't touch into. Um, mm-hmm. Is what about like special dietary concerns? Like, can you be a high performing athlete and a vegan? Well, I would like to uh, push that right over to Scott Jurek, who's that guy who held the Appalachian Trail speed running <laughs> record, who's vegan. So yeah, yeah, you can be. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can, like, don't let dietary limitations slow you down. Yeah. If you have to not eat gluten, mm-hmm. then there's ways around it. Um, if you are living a vegan life there's um definitely ways to do it mm-hmm. um i think anybody who is on like a restricted diet for medical reasons needs to well yes you but like <laughs> i'm thinking of somebody with like celiac or something um probably consult a dietitian mm-hmm. and probably more than this podcast can cover <laughs> probably more than this podcast can cover if you are vegan um i would recommend like and you are an athlete recommend going to talk to a dietitian mm-hmm. um just because there's a little bit of extra planning like especially mm-hmm. well with any restricted diet like you're gonna have to maybe bring some of your own stuff mm-hmm. um I always make sure I like I travel with oatmeal if I'm going to an away race mm-hmm. um and I will make it in the hotel room with the coffee maker in my room yes. um if I can't do that I've made like overnight oats in like the little oatmeal container thing and just like put it in the fridge overnight mm-hmm. um but it just requires some planning like mm-hmm. you just need to make sure you are going to be able to do your best um and you don't want to short yourself again like don't leave anything to chance if you're going away you're not going to like if you know there's a grocery store and you can stop and get what you need um do that but don't rely on what is at the end of the event. Mm-hmm. Like I'm this 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 is purely from like half marathon experience. Mm-hmm. Don't expect them to have vegan pizza for you. <laughs> you gotta worry about yourself in that case. Like make sure if you're traveling for an event that you pack what you know works for you mm-hmm. after your activity. Um don't leave any of that up to chance because you're going to end up at a gas station being like, no, do you need plain chips? Plain chips? Plain <laughs> chips and a bottle of water? Um, Wait, you don't like sour cream and onion? 
That's not vegan, dude. Sour cream. It's just flavored salt. It's got milk ingredients. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, ketchup. I don't like ketchup chips. They're too barbecue. vinegary. I like vinegar. Or I like barbecue. Okay, we're back. But plain chips again. are my are my go-to. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, no, I think it's totally doable. I think it's just a question of planning. And like knowing what's available there and knowing what mm-hmm. what meets your needs and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, going down the vegan route has sparked like a whole other round of questions in my head about like special diets. But mm-hmm. I think that is beyond what we're going to cover today. Um, so if I was a person with a special diet or mm-hmm. just a person in general who wants to know more, like what are some good like science-based resources that we can look to? Okay, so coach.ca has just tons of sport nutrition information. And there's a new, because I was on it this morning, um, there's a new, like, continuing education course that's $20 that you can take. I'm going to... NCCP Sport Nutrition. Actually, yeah. so for all the coaches who have been around for a while, um, if you did your competition introduction modules, or back in the day, like, Theory 1, there would have been a little nutrition module in it. It's it's the same course, but it's been updated. It's been updated to include um, stuff on uh, gluten recommendations mm-hmm. and... Um, gluten recommendations. Well, I like like people, celiac. And yeah, stuff. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and it just it's just really updated and has had some new new science put into it. I would really recommend it. But it's mm-hmm. it's that same course that um, that a lot of coaches need to get their competition introduction uh, certification in order. So um, whether you are a coach who is in that stream or someone who just wants to know more about sport nutrition, yeah, I would recommend taking yeah. it. And there's also, like, a ton of free resources. There's, like, handouts for parents. There's handouts for athletes. There's handouts for coaches. There's, like, ideas to pack. Mm-hmm. If you're going uh, traveling, there's ideas to get at restaurants. There's, like, There's, there's like, the so coach's many. kitchen. Yes, there's a coach's kitchen. I saw those this morning, yeah. and I was like, I'm going to use that in my class. Yeah. Um, yeah, quick and easy little recipes. So if yeah. you are a coach and you are coaching teenagers, that might be a good thing to send to them so that they can – Take it into their own hands and mm-hmm. figure something out. And I mean, also teach your teenagers how to cook because they're you don't want your kid going to university and getting scurvy. Um, <laughs> you laugh, but it's how, happened. How often do people get scurvy anymore? I don't know. I'm not a clinical dietitian, but there not often. Yeah. Uh, but it can happen. People okay. who like do whack diets that are like, I'm going to cleanse for 60 days. And then they're like, my gums are bleeding. <laughs> it's because you have scurvy, honey. You need to drink more than just... Like weird water. Hungarian salt and a glass of water. Himalayan? No, Hungarian is the new hotness. Hungarian's the new Himalayan? Yeah. Oh, okay. God. You splash it with some paprika and all diseases are cured. Oh, all right. Is that? Okay. I just died inside. Um, yeah. Where else can you go? So, uh, yeah, Coach.ca, Coach NB has a link to Coach.ca at the bottom. It says Sport Nutrition. You click on it. It's great. Um, Dietitians of Canada has some really good resources as well. So, dietitians.ca. Their app is fun. Their app is fun. There's Eat Tracker, which is a little mm-hmm. thing that you can like track your nutrition and see um, just that like all of the fuzzy peaches that you eat is like half of your calories for the day and then oh you're like god. oh god i don't need uh, to see that information no exactly well, i should see that information yeah i, I was want to. i was making up a task question the other day and it was like what percent calories from this ice cream treat that i'm eating right now comes from fat and then i did the calculation and i was like all of it Whoa. it's like most of it it's it's hagen of course it does mm-hmm. yeah. like i'm not eating it as a health food obviously <laughs> i'm eating it because it's delicious 
Um, yeah, so dietitians.ca, coach.ca, Canada, like the new Canada's Food Guide information is also really good. It's got a lot of like tips and tricks and recipes and like suggestions for mm-hmm. like across the lifespan. Um, so that is like, it's a deep well. There's a lot of information there. So, uh, and a lot of those help you visualize what you're actually eating in. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's always the loss component, whether you're a high performance athlete or like I go for my 5k run every other day, mm-hmm. like you just said about hog and right? You, if we're cognizantly aware, like I'm working out, so now I'm healthy. But yeah. if you're like, then I'm going to Starbucks and eating a Trenta Frappuccino I and you're like, I just undid the last eight days of working out, right? Like it sometimes does help to have that visualization component around what you're actually eating and putting yeah. into your body. But that's a whole other conversation about like yeah. your relationship with food too. Like it um, hates me, but I love that, it. <laughs> yeah. But like that goes into like, are you working out so you can eat? Like that's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation that you yeah. need to have mm-hmm. with yourself or your therapist or your <laughs> <laughs> with yourself first and then fi- maybe guided by a therapist but um yeah uh I mean I think the whole thing is just knowing yourself and like the first step to this is like awareness so just if you're if you're looking to get to the next level performance wise then maybe your first step is just to start um thinking about what you're eating and maybe you write it down for a couple of days and just take a look at it and be like my goodness that's a lot of beef jerky (laughs) Maybe there's something better I can eat than beef jerky. Maybe there are more snacks available, like trail mix. I just learned about something called dulse. I'm Whoa. sorry. Gross. You just... I just learned. Just? Uh, I'm not from here. I know. Dulse is disgusting. For those who are not from the Maritimes, can you explain what dulse is? It's dried seaweed. Dried seaweed. It's kelp. Yeah. I was told that it's like trying to be beef jerky, but not... It is a delicacy. I don't think it's trying to be anything else than itself. <laughs> yeah. It's a delicacy from Newfoundland originally. Or they at least they It's a delicacy? Oh yeah, they like bag that stuff up and sell tourists like it's going out of style. I mean they still do you can get it here, but it falls into the category of fiddleheads. Disgusting. <laughs> Delicious. No. Uniquely Hot take. Hot take. Fiddleheads and dulce are disgusting. <laughs> mm, disagree. <laughs> I will say dulce is very high in salt. Mm-hmm. So because it comes from the Atlantic Ocean, which is <laughs> running at is like thirty six percent salt, yeah. like salinity. <laughs> yeah, um, don't only eat it; you're gonna be thirsty. That's a lot of dulce. A lot. Diet. But man, so much iodine. <laughs> no goiter for you. Free. Well, if you're in a nuclear fallout, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, outside that's of that, true. that's really. All- <laughs> but it helps with thyroid function. Yeah. So okay. people who have a goiter, which is like you know when their necks have a big bubble, yeah, um, that's from Potentially an iron iodine deficiency. Deficiency. Yeah. Let's not. We don't lie. tend to get that okay. because Someone's our jealous. salt. Well, because our salt is iodized. Like right. the majority of the salt that's available in Canada, short of your hippie salt that you're gonna get from the internet or like Hungary. I don't know your Hungarian <laughs> or your Himalayan salt. I'm not super sure about that because I don't know how to regulation. I don't think, it's iodized. I I don't think, think that's it's the iodized. Big, that's the big selling features. It's non-chemically laced. It's pure salt and it's pure. It's warm. So that said, <laughs> like, are we gonna end up with a bunch of like? millennials walking around with goiters can i just say it would be very funny to go to like some like yoga emporium kombucha factory thing and then they all have goiters from the factory. yeah like you know what i mean they're just like i got this scarf to hide my goiter it's the next level i can't wear this choker because it won't go around my goiter i wonder if it's a thing on instagram like hashtag goiter is this the world that we're going to 
like. I think so. Millennials um, are the worst. <laughs> You we are, are millennials. millennials. We're silverback millennials, Jill. We're at the older end of us. <laughs> older millennials. Um, but yeah. We're gray beards. No, so we don't, we're fine with iodine probably yeah. in our yeah. diet. And it helps when you're playing Fallout 4. If you're, if yeah. we are faced with a nuclear disaster, it's actually pretty protective. Yeah. It's radiation. Cool. It protects um, your reproductive organs more than anything. Mm, and your essential organs. It's like a hormone, like an endocrine yep. thing. So. Pee out the radiation. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, thank you guys for being <laughs> on the podcast today. We're going to end on that. It's an honor. Um, I, yeah, I really appreciate I mean, you guys taking the time. Enjoying being on the other side of the mic. Me too. It's fun. It's it's, it's kind of easy, although it's easy because I just let you guys do the talking and I eventually have a question every once in a while. Yeah, so. you just kind of steer the ship a little bit. Yeah, yes. when uh, Andrew gets uh, gets off talking about... Off topic, Jill was... <laughs> what do you mean? I got nothing. My we whole life is off I think we were pretty on topic. Yeah. Considering. Oh, you, there was one question about protein, or no? Oh. You said, "What are some common misconceptions about food?" Well, we kind of, we kind of went yeah. over some of that. But you don't need protein powder, guys. It's probably not something you need. Any other final wis- bits of wisdom? Yeah, Supplements. Gross. Don't buy them. You don't need them. Just eat food. Your body absorbs whatever better from food than from some can of powder that you it's get. It's almost from, like we evolved from Joe to Musclehead <laughs> to eat food to keep going. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eat it. Eat food. Yeah, just eat it. This is a special shout out In to real my father Bob Milani, who has the most expensive pee of anyone I know because he just buys all the supplements and all the vitamins, and I'm pretty sure it all goes. He could probably sell that. Food. Can you imagine? <laughs> that, be, that being said, when I was first diagnosed with type one diabetes, they were like, "Oh, you need some more vitamin C because it was running low. Like my vitamin yeah. C level was actually low." So I was buying the tablets, and in the course of six months, I went from like a, like a forty two, and it needs to be like one hundred and fifty. Let's say I got it up to fourteen thousand. Oh, How much diarrhea were you having? <laughs> None. But my doctor was like, "Oh shoot!" I see you're one of those all or nothing people. You should know that by now. I know. Yeah, and he was like, "We're gonna have to back this off because you're destroying your internal organs." Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Final notes to the coaches listening. Um, Feel free to refer your athletes to a registered dietitian. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Don't speak on something you're not comfortable speaking on. Don't yeah. try and make up nutritional advice. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. I think that's Kick very, that ball. Fa- that's Run very, that very fair to say. You are the expert in the sport. Let other people be the experts in the food. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. Perfect. That sums it up really nicely. Um, I say, what would Jill Salmon do? Stardew Valley's coming out again. And so on that note, <laughs> thanks for everyone listening today. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it as always. Um, Have a happy, healthy day. Have a healthy day. <laughs> and get to practice.